Welcome back to the Goalie Corner, presented by One Stop Goaltending. I'm Coach Michael. Today, we have Jason Von Spronson with us. He is the owner-operator of Elite Can- Elite Canadian Goaltending, based out of London, Ontario. Jason, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, why don't we start off with you kind of introducing yourself a little bit, maybe where you played, where you coached, and... Um, what your maybe theory or ideology of elite Canadian goaltending is, and then we'll get right into the hard hitting questions. Sounds great. So, um, as you said, my name is Jason Van Spronson, and uh, I own elite Canadian goaltending here in London, Ontario. And um, I played junior hockey in the area. I didn't travel very far, so I played junior B and junior C in uh, Lambeth and uh, St. Thomas, Strathroy, all around here few different teams. And uh, then I decided that uh, coaching was probably a better path than for me than uh, than actually playing anymore. So um, I attended the University of Western Ontario here in London, um, bachelor's degree in kinesiology and a uh, bachelor of education as well from uh, Western University. So my background is in teaching. And so I love teaching kids. It's It's the thing I like to do the most. I enjoy being on the ice and teaching them the basis of goaltending, the theory behind goaltending. And if I'm on the ice with a kid and they ask a ton of questions, um, that's my most, that's my favorite lesson. I, I love being out there and being able to explain things and, and, and make goalies understand why we do the things that we do. And game theory is huge with me. So um, going through situations on the ice and getting them to understand not just the way that they should be thinking, but also the way the players think and how that can make them be a better goalie as well. So learning the theory behind the game because I've, I've, my background is in teaching. Um, and so, so teaching goalies is, is something that I, I absolutely love doing. So if you're on the ice with me, if you really want it, I could give you a lesson where you get a thousand shots at you, but I'm, I'm way more into taking a few shots, breaking things down, talking about how that worked, if it worked for you, um, what we'd like to do differently and, and discussing different options. I'm, I'm very open with different techniques, um, whether it be in the RVH, which way you like to seal on the post, how you like your glove positioning, when you like to do it, when you don't like to do it, um, whether you like the RVH, VH overlap in certain situations. I'm very flexible with all that kind of stuff. Um, and I know today we're going to talk about some rebound control um, things and, and some different issues that have come up with, with rebound control. So um, I like, I, I'm very flexible with the way I coach. I like to work with all different styles of goalies and I'm not a, a guy that turns somebody into a cookie cutter. I like to talk about how you want to make saves and how we can make you do that to the best of your ability. I like that a lot. That kind of sounds like how I say it. I, I say coaching is a two-way street. I'm not a teacher. I don't think I have the patience to be a teacher, to be honest with you. So thank you for doing that. Um, oh, I'm not, I, I'm not a teacher either. I, I never have been in a classroom. I actually, in uh, London here, there was a surplus of teachers. And so I couldn't get on when I graduated teacher's college. There was not a chance. Unless I touched French or music, French or music, I could not get a job. So wow. I ended up working at Katie entire part-time and doing this part-time and then it grew into my full-time business. So I've never actually been in a classroom other than student teaching. Have you ever used your kinesiology degree too? No, not in a job setting. It kind of applies to some of the stuff we do. We do here yeah. with the biomechanics and stuff, but no, not in a full job setting. Just another one of those guys, Hey, that uh, has a great education and hasn't used necessarily the education for the job. Well, one could argue that it's perfect for the job I'm doing right now, right? 
it does seal up nicely or come together very nicely, right? Um, I am a marketing and sports management, so it kind of has an effect, but at the same time, everything I've done in school, I've kind of done the opposite to succeed. We there didn't get we didn't get taught anything about social media marketing or anything like that. That's all I've done. It's crazy. So it's crazy. That's the stuff I, I hate the most, but know I have to do. If I didn't have the company, I don't think I'd have social media. Yeah, fair enough. But um I always say that coaching is a two-way street, right? The for me, same thing, no cookie cutter. Um my rules are really what makes it the easiest for you to play the game efficiently, right? Again, different scenarios, different save tactics, different save selections, still get the job done. There's no right or wrong way, easy, hard way. And but, every every goalie, every goalie physically is different as well, right? Like you can't teach everybody to play like they're a six foot five goalie because either yeah. they're not there yet or they never will be. And I have goalies that have physical limitations as well. I have one goalie that, that wants to stretch every day twice a day in order to try and improve his hip mobility and flexibility and he's physically limited he cannot go any further but he still tries to improve it he wants to be the next uc saros that can do the splits and have his legs out side to side but it just it just won't happen for him so unfortunately we have to teach him how to do it a different way we interrupt this episode to introduce the shutout stick a triumph in goaltending showcased proudly on your wall this meticulously crafted masterpiece not only holds the essence of your saves, but also cradles three iconic game pucks. Celebrate your victories with the display of prowess. A shutout stick is more than a symbol. It is a conversation starter, a testament to your dedication between the pipes. Showcase your journey. Relive those moments. Elevate your space with the shutout stick where legacy meets design. Secure your memories, secure your victories. Order now at onestopgoaltending.com and let your wall tell your goaltending story. Back to the show. Yeah. Here, I'll teach him to do the splits a different way, just make the save a different way. Correct. I was going to say, which way are you thinking? But, um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, popular goalie coaching debates in the sense of, again, no wrong way to stop the puck. There's some coaches with hard rules. Um, and we're talking about kind of sharp angle shots or short side shots. We'll talk about playing puck a little bit, talk about blocker saves, maybe a little bit of the RVH. You talked about the seal, kind of like that idea. And I'm sure we'll have you back to talk about other stuff when they come up, but starting off pad saves versus stick saves short side. Um, I can't quite recall the zone that hockey Canada calls it. Um, I never really used those zones until they taught me. The When you're young, you get taught every shot that's flat on the ice. We have to use our stick, right? The obvious exceptions are, Maybe it's a screen or a tip situation when you just want to keep your stick in your five hole and then you let the puck just hit you. Yeah. But if we're talking about a straight on shot, we're not necessarily worried too much about a tip. Um, and maybe we don't have the best stick control. Um, I'm okay with goalies using their pad to keep that puck to the corner. Now, 
we have to be very specific about where we're talking about here. So we're talking about when the shooter is on the outside angle. So let's say we're on the glove side angle, for example. When we're on our glove side angle and the shooter is outside the dots and they're shooting the puck hard and flat on the ice. If you're ramping that puck up, it has potential to go off the glass behind the net and come back out short side, which makes an awkward transition for you back into your RVH there. Or in a worst case scenario, it could go off the glass on an angle where it comes out the far side of the net. And if we are down in our butterfly, reacting and reaching over to the glove side of our body, ramping a puck up behind us, the obvious direction for us to track that puck would be over our glove side shoulder. And then that rebound ends up coming out to the blocker side. We now have a huge turn to make to get over to that far side. And it's going to be a very awkward, a very clumsy, and a very far distance to travel to get over to that puck. And we've all seen the highlights of pucks making that perfect bounce off the boards and going from one side to the other and a guy having basically an open net to tap that puck in. And so if we can avoid that, then that would be to our benefit. Now, there's two ways to do it. And there's there's two ways of thinking. Number one is you could just let that puck hit your pad. And as long as it hits the knee or shin of your pad, it should travel flat on the ice towards the close side corner and even possibly up the boards towards your winger. So that gets that puck away from you. It also gets that puck on the same side of the ice as you, which makes your recovery a lot easier. And potential for your D or winger to pick that up cleanly, maybe break out, but um, potential for them to get possession of that puck. The other way that you could do it is you could use your stick. And if you are very good at still using your stick and keeping your stick vertically and keeping it upright and forcing that puck low to that strong side corner, that's a fine option as well. So once again, I'm not a, you have to do it one way or the other. If one works better for you, use it. If one is not working for you, then you either need to change it and turn it into getting your stick more vertical or using your pad. And which, like I said, whichever one you're most comfortable with is the one that you should use. And we should practice both ways as well. But if we are consistently ramping pucks up and they're ending up off the glass or off the boards and coming back out into a dangerous area, then we're not doing it properly. And you get that mindset when you're younger of, I got my stick on this low shot. I ramped it up. It went behind the goal line. I did my job. But we have to we have to track that rebound and find out where it's going. And if it's coming out into a dangerous area or an area that's going to make our recovery awkward, then maybe we didn't do it as well as we thought. So yeah. I don't have a rule as to which one you have to use. I want you to practice them both, find out which one works best for you. But our ultimate goal has to be to keep that rebound in a safe spot. And that's normally on the strong side in the corner. Right. So you don't have a rule or you're not pushing either way. Correct. But do you have like a certain age group that you start um, teaching both ways? Or yeah, maybe? definitely. It, well, I wouldn't say an age group. I'd okay. say an ability level. Okay. So we all know that we have 12-year-olds that are amazing. Yeah. And then we have 14-year-olds that still can't properly control their stick. So it all depends on the ability level of your goalie. And once you kind of know that they have good body control, that they are good at reading the shot off the stick and knowing what type of shot it is, and once they've already mastered most of their other rebound control saves, let's say they're really good with their stick already, then we can start giving them options and say, okay, well, now that you're really good with your stick, 
we can change that a little bit and and give you a couple more options here to help you with that. Right. So let me kind of poke and prod a little bit further here. <clears throat> same shot, same play. You have a U11. When you're doing the practices and just going, not necessarily going through the motions, but going through the practices and they're just stepping off the post, take that short side shot. At U11, do you want them to try to use the stick or do you want them to, hey, just commit to the pad and we'll work on the stick as the season progresses? I would get them to start using their stick. If it's a shot flat on the ice, we want to we want to develop that good habit of getting our stick on low shots. So sure. I would get them to use their stick. And then at that age group, shots could be hard enough that they could be bouncing out hard and, and coming back on that weed angle. Some of them, a lot of them aren't going to be though, right? So yeah. at U11, you're going to be killing a lot of that shot with the stick. And so you're probably not going to get as many of those bad rebounds that even if they do ramp it back towards the boards, it's not going to be hard enough that it's going to go off their stick, then off the boards and come back out into a really dangerous area. So I would rather them learn the technique of having an active stick at that point, rather than um, just allowing them to make the save with the pad. I would say probably at that age, they, they don't have a lot of body control either where they can angle their pad properly. So if they do go down with their pad and they're kicking it out, they're going to kick a lot of pucks out into danger as right. opposed to just hitting their pad and going where it wants to go. So there's, there's going to be a lot of factors, but, but I would say that almost all the time I would try and get them to get stick involvement on that shot, uh, kind of regardless of where the rebound went so that we were getting the technique of, of using our stick on low shots uh, and the habit of getting our stick on low shots uh, down because I think that's more important. Random question. And I feel like I already know your answer. It's going to be a yes and no at the same time. Are you a paddle down kind of person? Uh, I need more information. So yes and no. You're you're, you're right. <laughs> it's obviously situational. Do you like the people, some of the goalies that go paddle down? I'd say rather fast. Like it's still the right time, but they commit to it very early. Oh no! For, so for me, like paddle down. When I was playing, I would really only paddle down in the RVH if they were tight to me. Yeah. Or if I was making a desperation low save. Yes. I'm maybe, fine with those maybe a breakaway. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with those options. Um, like for me, the paddle down should be just for younger kids on soft low shots. Cause you can control. Yeah. Right. As opposed to just kicking out a rebound, that's not going to go very far. Yeah. Um, so on soft, low shots, if you can stop it and control it and get a whistle, great. Instead of just trying to use your stick and putting a rebound three feet out to the side of you. Um, I like it on the RVH on the paddle wrap. So when you're going from glove side to blocker side. Yeah. Uh, I do like it on the desperation, maybe backdoor saves when you're sliding across. If you want to do the Jonathan Quick paddle down slide glove stack, cool. Yeah, and then you have my sometimes style. on breakaways if you if you really want to stretch out there as well and get that stack, which once again reminds me of a Jonathan Quick type save. Yep, fine. And then the last one where I'd be okay with it might be like a net front scramble where there's four people digging at skates and pucks that are just sitting out front and you have no idea where it's going to go. 
might be okay with it. If you want to spread out, cover more bottom and just paddle down. Right. Goalie preference. Not many goalies use it these days, but maybe they're a huge Jonathan Quick fan, see him doing it all the time, and they want to use that on net front scrambles. Okay. But other than that, no, not not a huge paddle down guy. Just very situational. Yes, very situational. I, yeah. I do agree. Uh, getting back on track here. Yep. We had enough paddle down talk. Um, what side of the net do you like goalies re-entering on rims? Now, this is a bit of a gotcha question because with the not with just the prompt, I kind of know what everybody's answer is going to be, right? And I'll I'll tell you the gotcha part afterwards. Yeah, I I always tell my goalies it's the quickest path back to the net. Damn, quickest okay, path. Never so, mind. Didn't get you. Yeah, so I'm I'm always quickest path back to the net. So. For me, I like my goalies stopping the puck on the strong side of the net, whichever side that dump in is. I know there's a lot of goalie coaches out there that want their goalie to get right behind the middle of the net just in case there's any mistakes made, the angles, it bounces off you, it's going to hit the back of the net, sure. But I find that that limits options for both you and your defenseman. Because if you place a puck right behind the net, it it gives them less options as to where they can go with it. So for me, I may stop the puck on the strong side of the net, because that gives you a quicker path back to the net as well. And that's not in the way. Um, it also draws a four checker off to one side of the net or the other, which allows you to potentially make uh, a pass over to the far side and, and kind of um, draw a four checker in. Um, but if you're just stopping and leaving it as well, it leaves the most options for your defenseman where they can pick it up and wheel it. They could pick it up and reverse it. Um, they can make an overpass or, the last option, which a lot of people don't think about, but is a viable option at some leagues, is that if the forecheck is coming and they're trying to take away both outlet passes to the winger and both the forecheckers are going into the corners or to the wingers, that defenseman doesn't have a passing option. They can just skate the puck right up the middle of the ice. And if they're right behind the net, then they have a quicker, uh, a less of an angle in order to get that. Whereas if they're on the strong side, they can just pick it up and come right up the middle. So it's not an option that you're going to teach the younger goalies, but at the pro levels, it's a huge option that if that player sees ice, they can just skate, right? So there are way more options from a strong side stopping perspective, and then that allows your path to go closer back to the net. So I'm not a never go to the far side or follow your pass guy. If you know right away that you're going to be going to that far side guy because he's the first guy coming back, then maybe you flow with that dump in and you go a little bit more behind the net. You flow with the pass and you go, and then you go around that far side. So there's there are different options, but my answer is always the quickest path back to the net. So I agree with you on the quickest path back. My thinking, and just kind of like you said, you're teaching it to the people who are confident skaters, yes, and confident puck handlers, is you don't really stop right with the rims. And I have a video up here loaded for you, and we'll play it somewhere down below here but you go over the rim if it's slow you have to stop and wait for it right yep. then you take the quickest path back but if it's fast you worry about getting there and stopping it and you're just letting your momentum carry you if it ends up behind the net or could end up on the far side could be either or but then you have momentum to carry you back into the net as well right so let me share my screen just so you can see it. Yep, super, sounds good. Super professional. Um, so here, can you see this? Yep. So we can see the goalie. It's actually Kendra. She lets the momentum carry her behind the net. Yep. 
I think it's just because it was coming in fast. Yep. And then she opens up, right? By the time she makes the play, she's on the far side. Right. Yep. I know some goalie coaches say whatever side the rim is on, that's the side you hit. Right. Body check the boards if you have to. And then you come back to the same post. Right. So she's just using her momentum. Yep. Yep. And I'm great with that. Yeah. So it's, it's for me, it's, it's going to always depend on your abilities as a goalie. Yeah. It's going to depend on, um, it's going to depend on your team as well. Right. Team has, every team has different breakout plays, different options. They have, um, if they know they have a good puck handling goalie, some defensemen won't even ever come to the goalie. They'll just yeah. peel the corner every time. And if they're doing that, then you want to give yourself the most options, right? And and maybe you will stop it on on right behind the net there and let your momentum carry you because you know the defenseman's almost never coming to take it from you. So that option I talked to before about them wheeling behind the net or cutting in front of the net to take that open lane um, isn't going to be there often because your defensemen are always peeling out to the corners for an outlet. So it's going to be, once again, very situational. It's going to be what level is your goalie at puck handling? Um, are they good enough to do it while they're flowing with the play? Can they do it while moving? Can they do it like Kendra just did there while she's continuing to move? Some goalies can't. Some goalies need to have their feet set. Some can't continue with that puck, right? And then and then, what level are your defensemen as well? Are they at an ability where they can read that play and do the proper thing as well where um, they are going to curl the corner every time? Or are they just going to want to come get it from you every time? So depending on what your team's ability is, your goalie's ability is, all of those things can change, but no, that clip was great. I love the way that she flowed with it and and made two very confident puck handling um, plays there look very simple. I agree. I don't think we need to beat the dead horse here, but for me, everything you're saying kind of matches up to what I'm doing, which... Awesome. Yeah. Maybe we should team up. Um, third thing, blocker saves. This one's a little bit more abstract thinking. I had a goalie. Um, we worked long and hard about hands kind of coming out in front, making the save in front of us and steering the puck, right? And we worked on getting it up, getting it to the side and and punching it down, right? Just ready for anything. Yep. Go, goes to a pretty big goalie camp. Yep. And now he's making saves beside him. Right. And the logic or the ideology, because I had to ask him right away, um, was why do the extra movement? Just your blockers already there. Just let it come out the side and everything's kind of getting naturally rotated up just with um, rotator cuff. Right. It's pulling your arm up, pulling your hand up. I do have a video. I will put it in below. I don't know if you want to watch that right now as well. Or, yeah, sure. Let's okay. see it. Let's see if it actually translates here. So you can see that he's just holding his hand right beside him. Yep. He's tracking up on it. Yep. There's not a lot of movement. Everything looks super calm and collective. Yep. Right. So that's yep. how he came back. Let me see if I can find previous just so we have something to work off of once again i'm going to say this is this is a little bit of a personal preference thing so 
I don't think you need to, if it works for you, if you go to a goalie school and somebody changes the way you do it, and then it starts working for you better than what you were doing before. Fine. Um, but once again, I don't, I don't think everybody needs to be a cookie cutter goalie needs to do things the exact same way. If you are making a blocker save and you're putting the puck where it should be going, then how you make that save can be a little bit of personal preference. Now, I don't need you doing a whole bunch of extra movements and 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 doing things that are going to make things awkward because um, eventually when the, the shots start getting harder, you're not going to have time to do all those extra things. So if some – but then again, you have goalies that, that do some crazy things because it worked for them. So a perfect example is Mika Kiprasov, whose glove used to face out towards the sideboards but was one of the best goalies at making glove saves you've ever seen in the NHL. So at that point, you just don't want to screw that up, right? right? You're going to work with him and go, okay, you have one of the best gloved hands I've ever seen, but it looks awkward as heck. I'm not going to say, well, why don't you try putting it down here and see if that works better for you? Well, there isn't anything better. The guy stops everything that goes at his glove and he's, he makes great glove saves. So there, there has to be a, a sort of. It's a two way street. Yeah, a humbling right. moment as a coach, too, where you go, you don't know everything sometimes. And if yeah. this works for that goalie, let them use it. And then when it doesn't start working for them, then we can fix it. So I, I one of my biggest pet peeves is, sorry that we're going in the opposite direction here, onto gloves instead of blocker, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I work with a lot of goalies that play baseball. And it drives me insane because they know how to catch a baseball better than they know how to catch a puck. And if you think of the trajectory of the projectile that's coming at you, they're completely different. When somebody's throwing a baseball, it is an overhand motion that comes from up top, and then that ball ends up traveling straight or down. So when you're catching a baseball, you'll end up with that glove starting out in front of your face, and then because that ball, because of gravity, will start going down, you're ending up going down towards that puck. So I have a lot of goalies that will start with their hands up here and end up catching downwards, which works to a certain extent but then when shots start getting harder you then have to go with the opposite trajectory so when a puck is shot it's shot from the ice up and almost always that puck is continuing on a rising path until it gets to you if you're playing at the younger leagues yeah it'll sometimes arc and which is why that that downwards glove motion will work like you're a baseball player and so for them playing baseball for five or six years and then playing goalie for five or six years the shot hasn't been hard enough that they've had to change the trajectory of their glove and that downwards motion works because it's the same sort of arcing or flat motion for the puck in the baseball. But when you get into a hard shot that's coming from the ice and continuously moving in an upwards trajectory, your glove either has to go backwards with it or on a slightly upwards trajectory to match the trajectory of the puck. Because if it hits that glove and you're going in the opposite motion, it's going to be like a bat hitting a ball and it's going to go the opposite way. But if you continue that motion with it, almost like it's hitting something soft and slowing it down gradually, then that puck is going to stay attached to your glove for longer, have a longer time to actually enter the pocket where you want it to, and you're continuing that momentum with that save to hold that puck in that glove. That's why you see those big windmill saves in the NHL all the time. It's not because they want to do it and look cool. Well, maybe if you're Marc-Andre Fleury, you might do it a little more. But um, it helps them keep possession of that puck it keeps that puck attached to the glove for longer. It gives them longer to actually hold on, to close their glove, to keep it in the pocket and make that good save, 
right? Tell me the last time you saw an NHL goalie make his glove up and swing down at a puck and keep it possessed in the glove. You never see a reverse windmill save. It's always going up. Well, you'd have to think of Lundqvist for that, but that's because he could close his glove. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so, so sorry we got off topic here, but it's the same thing, right? It's, it's you kind of let kids make saves the way that they are doing it properly until it becomes an issue. And then we, we switch it a little bit. So with blocker saves, I think it's somewhat the same thing that, yeah, I don't, I don't love the fully out in front locked arm steering blocker saves, but I also don't love it way back attached to your hips and beside your body. It should be loose. It should be somewhere out in that area there and then directing in a direction towards the corner where we're keeping the rebound in a good spot. So both, both hands. It, I'm imagining more of like a Bingington style then, right? Hands are out in front, but every save he was making was other right in front of him or to the side of him. But he yep. started out and he was like absorbing that impact yeah. almost. Yep. Right. I, I like that quite a bit. And if you have the tracking for that, I think hands off, right? Go fly at her. For me, I'm, I think of it more as box control, right? Yep. So when, once they get the tracking, I'd want them to kind of come into it. And I do want their hand with their thumb leading coming down on that puck because then it is angling and it's making sure the puck's getting into the pocket. Yep. Right. That's yep. my, but I do see like the younger kids, right. Just kind of using it as a secondary blocker. Yeah. Right. So I, I do like that ideology and thinking. So I think for this one, I think we're good because we're saying the same thing. Yep. Right. And at the end of the day, if you're making the save, doesn't necessarily matter, right? There's yep. there's reasons why there's people like Dominic Hasek in the NHL. Yep, exactly. They definitely didn't make it look easy, but it's what worked best for them, right? Correct. Ed, Ed Belfour, uh, Broder, right? I never, growing up, not really knowing anything, I was like, this guy doesn't even know how to stop puck. Like, he's just flopping around, right? You're looking at Carey Price, very consistent, calm. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, all right, last one. Everything so far you've been hitting out of the park. Perfect. And my my face cam blurry. Now we're good. Ideal for you, ideal RVH seal. You got the toe bridge, the skate, or the ankle break. Toe bridge. Toe bridge. I agree. All right, done. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so, obviously, every position has its pros and cons. Yes. And um, its time and place. Correct. Correct. So, my belief is, is that everybody likes to do skate on post because it's the easiest to move, which I would yeah. completely agree with. It is the easiest to push off. It's the easiest to get into because you have a big skate blade to land on. You have a big skate blade to push off of. Excellent. Fine. However, it doesn't provide the best seal because there's a gap between the skate and the post There creates bigger gaps between your hip, your leg and your body around your glove. And, and it's harder physically on your joints. Yeah. It is harder on your ankle. It's harder on your knees. It's harder on your hips. 
it, it will cause more injuries quicker because you are way harder on those areas on your body. It doesn't feel good. Pobox takes some of that strain off of those areas. It's not as harsh, um, but it's still the medium harshness out of them. You still have to lean a little bit, but you don't have to lean as much. It creates a nice seal on the post. There's no skate hole. The hole at your hip and knee where your glove, your glove will cover more of that. And you're able to sit up and be taller. The ankle seal, the ankle seal creates a good seal as well, as long as you're not too deep in the post, because there is no room for that puck to go over the goal line still. So it creates a good seal at the post and at your hip allows you to sit up nice and tall. The toughest thing from this is pad pushing and moving to where you have to go off of that post. So, so detaching from that seal. Right. What I always teach is the toolbox as my preferred method. But if somebody comes to me and says, nope, this is the way I want to do it, fine. I will teach them and work with that way with them. But I actually get them to practice all three. Yeah. So my belief is also that hockey moves so fast that it's, it's, almost impossible to end up on the toe box every time. And so if we're pushing across, we have to make sure that we are getting across and, and sealing, whether that's with either one, because it's all about stopping the puck first and foremost. And then if we end up skate on post, okay, how do we adjust back into the toe box or how do we push off of our skate on the post? If we end up pad in the net with our ankle sealed on the post, fine. How do we detach from that? Or how do we make it toe box on post? So we're comfortable pushing from that position. So how can we adjust if we miss and how can we detach and move if we end up in one of those three positions, because you have to be able to move. You can't say, well, I missed my toe box. So I couldn't get to that next pass or I couldn't challenge out. That's not a reasonable excuse. It hockey moves so fast that we have to be able to adapt in every situation that we're in. And regardless of which one we end up in, we have to be able to transition out of it as well. Yeah. I like when I'm doing skating or crease movements. There's times where I tell goalies, okay, slide past the post. They're like, what? Why? I'm like, because it's going to happen. Like, I do the same thing. Like, why wouldn't you practice worst case scenario? And it's not even worse. It, it, yes, worst case scenario, but also different situations call for different slides. Yeah. So, for example, if I'm doing a sliding butterfly to the angle from the top of the crease, I will have them ended in three different ways. Number one is get right up to your feet on that angle, right? So you slide, get up. Right. The second one is slide, stop and stay down. So stop at the lead foot, stay down. Yeah. And the third one is overslide. Yeah. And and they all have different situations. If that pass goes across and that person either misses that pass or doesn't shoot it right away, we're going to want to get up to our feet. Okay. Number two, if they do catch it, but maybe don't shoot right away, we're going to want to stop and stay down. Because if you start getting up, your momentum's going up. They shoot. It's much harder to make that save. So there's two situations. The third one, maybe there's a, a person in motion. And so you've slid over to that person in motion. But once again, they don't shoot the puck right away. You need to overslide and stay with them until they end up shooting that puck. Because maybe they're trying to wait you out. Or maybe you slid to the wrong angle and you got to keep sliding further. So there will be different situations in game that require you to do each one of those different slides. But if you are a robotic goalie in practice and all you do is slide, get up, 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 then 
in a game, you're going to slide and get up and that person's going to hesitate with their shot and then pump one five hole and you have no chance. Right. Or your leg automatically starts getting up. Like you're ready to do that recovery and the shot comes low and your brain and you're just sitting there going, well, why did I lift that leg up? It doesn't make any sense. Well, you've conditioned yourself in practice by just sliding and getting up every time that that's now what your brain automatically does in these game situations. So by training three different ways, by training your RVH in three different ways, by, um, like we just talked about now, by sliding and stopping, stay down, getting up or oversliding, you're now giving yourself multiple options on the same play in order to make that save or to recover or to seal or whatever the situation may be. So training multiple options is, is always a way better option than doing the exact same robotic movement every time. I agree. I'm blurry. Am I blurry in your screen? No, you look good. Oh, thanks, man. It's just fishing <laughs> for a compliment. Awesome. I don't think I have anything else for you. Um, do you want to do a quick little plug on your social media? Well, sure. Um, so once again, my name is Jason Vance Bronson. You can follow me at uh, Elite Canadian Goaltending on most social media platforms. I'm I'm uh, more active on Instagram than anything else. Um, so if you want to reach out to me at all, you can reach out to me on Instagram. Um, and uh, and uh, I do I do post some stuff on TikTok as well, but but mainly funny stuff. I try and make the the funny stuff on there. But yeah, Instagram is where everything mainly gets posted. And if you have any questions or comments about anything that we talked about today or anything uh, in general, don't hesitate to reach out to me and uh, I'm, I'm pretty quick at responding. Perfect. Thank you for coming on. Anytime.